Maybe the best ambition for a follower of Jesus is to look more like love. This morning, I'm going to offer some guidance as your pastor for how to do that more effectively, especially with the people you're closest to. For Christians, there are few things as important as learning to get along with one another, with our parents, with your brother or sister, if you have siblings, with your children, if you're married, with your spouse, the friend or the coworker who you're close to, the person you're trying to love well. Guidance for how to get along is what I'm going to give you today. Last month, I asked the staff at church to pay attention to the people they were connected to, to listen carefully for what people needed during this time. God speaks to us right where we are, and I was relying on my staff to be ears for me. One Sunday afternoon, I received an email. This week, I've heard from someone different every day that wants prayer for their marriage. The stories make me so sad. Maybe a future seminar or something like that. I wrote back, we'd planned something for the fall. But over the next three days, the signs of how many were struggling was overwhelming. Secondhand conversations, direct requests for help, additional emails to me asking for counsel. People are having a hard time with relationships, at work, with friends, and especially at home. Almost everywhere, people are struggling to get along. Now, if you stop and think it through, it's not surprising. External stress always compounds internal strife. The worse it's going for you out there, the harder it will be to keep peace in here, and especially in the relationships you have with the people who are closest to you. Ordinarily, it's manageable, but right now, there is external stress everywhere, which means an increase in internal strife everywhere. I'll be personal here. My family generally gets along well. I'm thankful for that. Even still, there are times when conflict at home increases, more fuss and less patience than we all wish. Whenever that's the case, I've discovered that the heightened tensions between us are related to elevated stress somewhere out there. Think of yourself right now. It's the same for you, right? It's harder to get along with the people we are close to right now because of all the things out there that are out of our control. Now, here's where I want to speak to you as your pastor. Improvement in getting along with others is improvement in discipleship. To grow as a follower of Jesus is to grow as a person who is learning to love others, especially those at home, who can be the hardest to love. When you love well, you offer reliable testimony to the world about who Jesus is. When you work at getting along, your life presents an accurate depiction of the nature of God, because God is love. Listen carefully to these words. 
These are from John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. I give you a new commandment. Okay, these are Jesus' words at the conclusion of his teaching ministry, offering the foundation upon which his followers should build their lives. The new commandment, listen, that you love one another. This is bedrock teaching for us in relationship to the people we are closest to. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another, the distinguishing feature which will point others to your relationship with Jesus, offering a clear picture of what it means to be his follower, is the love that you have for the people near you. Now listen, love is not, first of all, a feeling. It's not a sentiment or an emotion that you're meant to have for others. It's a decision Jesus wants you to make to work at being in harmony with others, willing to seek their well-being even if it costs you to do so, a choice which requires patience when you're at your wit's end and gentleness when you feel like raging and kindness when your instincts say be cruel and forbearance when you're really tired, putting up with the other when you want to give up, hanging in there when you are ready to quit. It's demanding to say the least but looking more like love is the best ambition because love is Jesus' new command. Love is how we will be God's light. Love is the way to God's path, which is not a path of misery, but mirth, not a path of fighting, but a path of friendship, not a path of unrewarding uphill climbs, but a way that is straight, a way that runs beside still waters and green pastures, a way that revives our souls, a way that is pleasant and joyful and happy too. And this morning, I want to guide you toward that path. Now try this now. Let the person with whom you are currently having the hardest time getting along with come into your mind. Brother or sister, friend or coworker, spouse, I want you to imagine that you have scheduled a sit-down with me and it's just the two of us here in my study. I'm glad that you're here. I've been praying that our time together will be helpful to you. I want to be a good pastor to you. So I'm going to offer some guidance for the challenges that you're facing. Four things. First steps for getting along. If you take them, you'll be off on the right foot. The first bit of guidance in relationship to that other person is expect hard work. It will be difficult to love them because loving is not easy. The fact that you're having a tough time does not mean that there's something wrong with you. Relationships are hard for everybody. Keep this in mind and it will help you. Accurate perspective will save you from unnecessary suffering. Love is difficult. 
Take this to heart because there will be many voices out there that will tell you that true love is not hard. It's easy. Michelle and I have been watching more movies lately. And we return to a genre that we've neglected for years, the romantic comedy. There are exceptions, but many of these are truly horrible. We watched one the other night. Her boyfriend is dragging her feet, so she decides to take matters into her own hands. Surprising him while he's on business in Dublin, she plans to ask him to marry her. Bad weather diverts her flight. She lands in another part of Ireland and hires a man to drive her to the city. It takes three days, during which time she falls for him, despite his prickly disposition. After four unexpected plot twists in the closing 15 minutes, he's down on one knee. After spending less than 72 hours together, they're married. True love. The movie was as misleading as it was sentimental. Love is not easy like that. Love is hard work. Listen carefully to another place where Jesus describes the love that we are to have for one another. John 15, this is verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Jesus points to himself and how he has loved his disciples. Love like I love. He further specifies in verse 13, no one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. To lay down one's life, it's not the same as dying for. It means letting go of one's rights and claims and desires to promote the well-being of the other, to put oneself second and the other first. Please think of the person that is hard to get along with right now. Giving up my agenda for what matters most to the other. Deciding to hear instead of being heard. Laying one's life down is every little action in which you choose to give way for the sake of the other. And Jesus did that every day for the disciples he loved. And that's what he tells us we are to do in relationship to one another. And that is hard work every time. My first bit of guidance to you, expect hard work. Now second, here I'm going to get more specific. Again, think of that person who's hard to get along with right now. Don't retaliate. When he goes on the offensive, don't respond with your own attack. If she pushes you down, don't get up to push her back. Restrain yourself. Don't retaliate. Now, if you're thinking that's impossible, it's too hard in the heat of the moment, please refer back to the first bit of guidance. Expect hard work. The control required to restrain yourself is challenging because the instinct to retaliate has always and everywhere been encouraged. In ancient Babylon, the rule was retribution proportional to the offense. According to the law, you have the right to harm as you have been harmed. For most of us, this will be second nature. But Jesus taught a different ethic. Listen carefully to his words. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, 
do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. That's Matthew 5, verses 38 and 39. Now you have to apply Jesus' guidance with caution and wisdom. In cases of domestic abuse, where the strike on the cheek is literal, the victim should move away from the one who strikes. No one's helped by enabling an abuser to go on abusing. But now, think of the figurative strikes in your conflicts. The acts of aggression between spouses who are attacking one another with the tone of their voices. The back and forth between friends digging at each other. The tit for tat between coworkers or when your sibling is mean and you want to be mean back. You will be thinking, when I win the fight, then it will end. But as long as the other person is also thinking that, and they will be, the fight will not stop. That's when it's time to practice Jesus' guidance. End the fight by refusing to respond to aggression with aggression. Don't retaliate. How do you do that? Here's my third bit of guidance for you. Stop talking. Not forever, but as soon as it's becoming destructive, and you know when that is, it's time to be quiet. You remember how you made it worse by saying something when you should have said nothing? You were angry, frustrated, no more patience, but you keep speaking. And it was like gasoline on a fire. You yelled at the kids. You said that because you knew it would hurt him. You meant it to get back at her. If you're feeling regret right now, listen. Tell God about your mistake. He's gracious and ready to renew. God loves to forgive those who repent and ask for his grace. He delights in that. If you come to him with a contrite heart because of what you did, you can be assured of his mercy. And then, if you need to apologize for what you said to her, if you need to ask him for forgiveness, humble yourself and do it. Sometime today, reach out and say that you are sorry and ask for another chance. But right now, accept this third bit of guidance from me. This may be the most helpful step for you in that difficult relationship. Stop talking when you need to. There's wisdom in Proverbs. Listen to Proverbs 13, verse 3. Those who guard their mouths preserve their lives. Those who open wide their lips come to ruin. If you don't watch over your mouth, you will get yourself into trouble. When you're careless with your words, you harm those close to you in the worst way. The more you talk, the worse you make it. But if you practice guarding your mouth, you will preserve your life. Of course, there are times when you do need to speak up and when you do hold your tongue, there's going to be energy in there that has to come out somewhere. Find a healthy way to release it. But in the heat of the argument, practice keeping quiet. Go in the other room if you have to. Trust me, this will help you. Go off and be alone and cool down. And while you're there, start praying. 
That's my fourth bit of guidance. When you stop talking to that other person, go and start talking to God. Whenever you are having a hard time, God is close by. That's a promise. And he's always ready to listen and respond to your cries for help to give you the strength you need to go on working at love. Jesus doesn't call us to difficult paths without helping us. Listen to these words, the opening of Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications, because he inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. God listens when I pray, so as long as I live, I will speak to him when my relationships are challenging. These are the words of a man who lived through terrible distress, whose feet were stumbling, who was brought low by his challenges, whose eyes were filled with tears and whose soul was close to death, who suffered distress and anguish. But then he cried out to God and God was listening. His ear was inclined toward him and at the right time he received God's help. When it gets hard for you, start praying. God is listening. He hears your cries when you ask for help, when you lift your supplication, the requests which come from deep down in your heart. When you ask him for help to love those who are close to you, he listens and he helps. If you wonder what to ask for, scripture is full of guidance. For instance, find your way to Galatians 5, 22 and 23, a list of nine character traits offered by Paul. He calls them the fruit of the spirit. The qualities which the Spirit of God will bring about in you slow and steady over time like fruit growing on a tree. When I ask for God's help to love others because a relationship I have is challenging, I ask God to grow these qualities from Galatians 5 in me one at a time. God, give me love, I pray, and joy, peace, and patience, kindness, gentleness, generosity, self-control, and faithfulness. Start praying like that. Let scripture teach you what to ask for. In the week ahead, I'll send guidance every morning to those who receive the daily text messages, passages from scripture that show us what to ask God for when we talk to him. If you want to receive those, text good word to 908-280-0300. My fourth bit of guidance, start praying. Love one another just as Jesus has loved you. That's his new commandment. Now is the time to take steps toward getting along with those you are closest to. Expect hard work. Don't retaliate. Stop talking and start praying. If you follow these four, you will be off on the right foot. I'm glad you joined me. If our time together was helpful for you, thank God. If someone you know could be helped by this, 
pass it along. If you're thinking, my challenges are so far beyond this, then reach out to a professional and ask for help. If you don't know where to start, Ren Cares has a referral network and is willing to help. Before we sing one more song, let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for the time to sit together and listen to your word for guidance for how to get along with the people that we're closest to. God, right now, it's harder for all of us. There are so many things out in the world which we cannot control and which are making us feel more stressed. And so we need your help with those we are closest to. God, I thank you that your invitation to follow you is an invitation to a joyful and an easy path. God, you will help us when we ask for it. And so now, I pray very simply that each and every one of us would have our hearts turned toward you, would begin to follow you with our whole selves, and on the road behind you, we would learn to lay down our troubles and let go of our burdens and grasp onto your hands which are ready to help. And God, with you, we would find ourselves thriving in every way you want us to thrive, especially in the relationships with those who we are closest with. And we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen.